What is up, everybody? This is Brayden from Flint Mastering, and I am the host and content curator of the Mixing Music Podcast exclusive episodes. And today we have for you an exclusive archive, which means you're going to hear an exclusive episode that DK and I recorded almost a year ago. You're going to have the chance to hear what our exclusive episodes are all about and how much fun and learning goes on between me and DK as we discuss technical tips and important techniques in relation to producing music mixing, and mastering. If you enjoy this episode and you'd like to be a part of the exclusive content we provide twice a week, you can do so by heading over to mixingmusicpodcast.com forward slash exclusive. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. And we couldn't do this podcast without you. I hope you enjoy this episode of the exclusive archives. And with that, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. It's a man whose lungs look like the bottom side of a cafeteria table, Braden Flint. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Give us a nice little cough into the mic. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, my lungs are messed up. <laughs> are they still? I don't know. I'm fucking dying. I don't care. <laughs> Dude, if you actually die, that wouldn't be funny anymore. So yeah. Well, yeah In order to make it a joke, you have to live, okay? <laughs> I'll try my yeah, best. Otherwise, I'd feel kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> and laughing at his pain is a man who supposedly has children, but we've never seen them in person. <laughs> DK makes <laughs> Hey, I have seen DK's kids in person, and they look nothing like him. They're blonde hair, blue eyes. Those children do not come from DK's balls, like he likes that to is say. So- that is, they speak Russian, <laughs> not a lick of English. That is so funny because you two are specifically are the well, some of the people that they call Uncle Braden and Uncle Jane. So it's like <laughs> they call me Uncle Braden. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, so sweet. Or, or like that bitch. Aww. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that huge <laughs> like pussy. <laughs> that douchebag that we let stay at our house for a couple yeah. weeks a year. <laughs> Who's that guy that comes up and makes us uncomfortable? It's like, oh, Brayden. <laughs> yeah, it tells you and Kyoko to go on a date so he yeah, can be alone dude. with the kids. That's true. Kyoko did, um, or Brayden, you did babysit for us a couple times. Was it what, once twice? or twice? Yeah, it was really and easy. Twice? Your kids were asleep, so I just sat on the couch and made sure no one in- intruded in your home. Yeah, dude, I have the easiest kids. It's it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of crazy how... Um, well-mannered they are. You know, I was talking to, uh, I always talk about my kids with my therapist and I'm always have this like uh, lingering concern that, you know, I just want to make sure that not concerned, but like, I always want to try to be the best parent as I could possibly be. And part of that real is recognizing like, I can't, I can't control everything about him and I have to be okay no matter what, you know? And it's, uh, um, I forgot where I was going with this. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, oh no, I was gonna say like I'm worried that like I love him so much that he's gonna have separation anxiety if he like has to go to like scout camp or something like that. And the therapist is like, nah, nah, nah. Kids that get so much love from their parents, they want to leave. They're like, please stop loving me. <laughs> please leave me alone. So that's Make a good sure they thing. Resent you. 
Yeah, it's the ones that don't give their kids enough attention that have separation anxiety. It's like, oh, that's super interesting. Well, then oh, I'm not yeah, going to feel bad about totally just smothering my children with hugs and kisses. So, yeah, my kids are easy, and I think it's because we love them. <laughs> that was like a small slow stab at anyone whose kids are not easy anyone who's yeah. raising f- fucking bastards just like <laughs> you call that one, I don't have kids man. Also, every set of parents here in Texas none of them love their kids you're just, you're just a shitty human being Brayden no 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 you have to meet these kids when I did substitute teaching for a little bit and my other job oh, right, oh right. doggy you have oh, no that's idea right. you what were, the monsters were, children can be. Do you have, uh, before we start this episode, which I promise listeners, I promise that we'll get into, tell us real briefly, 30 seconds, the funniest story from your substitute teaching time. Oh. Do you have a good funny one off the top of your head that you prepared? I want you, I want this I to mean, be like your, your minute stand up on Kill Tony right now talking about this experience. Yeah, there's, there's like too many and they're not, you kind of had to be there, honestly. The, the one that made me laugh. Yeah, that's laugh, not how you start a joke, bro. Yeah. Yeah. The one that made me laugh the hardest What's up with was, these kids? you know, a lot of kids like to wear white Air Jordans or the white Air Force Ones, you know, those thick Nike shoes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And if you wear the all black ones, then usually you're kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a meme. So, the wearing the black yeah, Air Jordans. Wearing yeah, the yeah. black, yeah. It means you're so, a villain, basically. Yeah, that's... I'm standing there next to this kid who's been talking to me all class. He's been really cool, really funny. This other kid, they're playing kickball. Another kid walks up in those black Air Force Ones to kick the ball. He totally shanks it. It was one of the worst kicks I've ever seen in my life. And the kid standing next to me turns to me and goes, that's the black Air Force Ones talking. (laughs) So anyway, you're right. We had to be there. Yeah, like I All said, right. not, not super funny. I'm but guessing it was funny at the moment. It was yeah. hilarious at the moment. You just yeah. had to be there. The kid that was kicking the ball was a total nerd. It was a horrible kick, and then he said that, and yeah. Oh, dude, what are you saying about nerds? I mean, he sucked Braden at sports. Wayne bullied him. Aww. Yeah, I bullied him as the teacher. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get into this episode. Oh, Wait, I'm sorry. No, what was the dinner for? There was an awkward silence because I forgot that I was supposed to kick this off. Uh, we're giving Every, James... everybody, everybody listening to the podcast just looked at their phones. Is like, is this still going? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. We gave James the reins at the beginning of the show to announce it and everything, so that I was like, oh, he's just taking over. My bad. All right. Well, uh, now that we've got all the banter out of the way, thanks everyone for putting up with our banter for eight minutes. Yes, that's what the timer says. We appreciate you. We love you. And uh, thanks for sticking with us through that. I apologize for my shitty ass joke that whatever. So it today, shitty. it just we're wasn't going funny. To say what? <laughs> just kidding. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. You asked. I delivered a bad <laughs> delivery. Bad egg. All right. Here's what we're getting into today. Uh, we're going to be talking about some other bad eggs, also known as DK and James's mixes. Complete oh, and total shit. ass. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but for real, today we're going to talk about D- DK's and James's mixes and lately what they have been trying to improve upon with their latest mixes. So obviously, 
Everyone starts from scratch, keeps working up. There's little things to level up on in each mix. You can continue to get better. Uh, It's something that I talked about in a solo episode one time is that oftentimes in other sports or other things in life, there's little tiny steps you take to improve. You know, if you're playing soccer, you got to start with putting your cleats on, then you got to go to running, then you got to go to ball handling, passing. There's all these little skills, but I feel like we don't ever break mixing and audio engineering down into sections like that, like practicing individual skills to help you get better at mixing. So I was good at hockey, not at soccer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, anyway, so here's DK and James. I'm saying this as if they're like going to come out from behind a curtain. Here's DK and James to talk about what they're doing and their latest mixes to level up. We'll start with James because DK's a douchebag. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, for me, I have two things that I've been really focusing on. The other one, the first one, I did bring up in the last episode, and I feel like I have already made some pretty noticeable improvements on it uh, is my low end in my mixes because across my mixes DK has been giving me feedback um, on a lot of my mixes it's been a consistent thing that my low end has just been out of control or it's just been kind of wonky or not as tight as it should be and Saturday um, this past week I had a chance to go and hang out a little bit with Bob Horn who is known for having amazing low end in his mixes and it was really cool talking to him about it, especially because he, he recently moved from a studio that he used to mix out of to his home. And I was asking him, okay, do you notice, uh, uh, is it better mixing here? Is it better at your last studio? He said, it's funny because technically the monitoring setup and the acoustics of the room is a lot better in his last room that he had. But for some reason, people have been telling him that since he moved into uh, his house to mix there, his mixes and his low end has gotten better. Where specifically in the setup, acoustically the low end is a lot worse. So that was that was that was kind of an interesting eye opener of like, okay, I I, I kind of have no excuse. Why why do you why do you to... think why do you think his he's did he explain why his low end has gotten better? I asked him. I asked him why, and he said, I honestly don't know. People have just been telling him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my guess is that since it is a less well-treated room he has to pay more attention to it Uh, um, I'm not sure but so what I I started doing since then is I would just because my room and my speakers don't give off what you would call the best low end or doesn't give the most information I started listening to on my headphone a bunch of Bob Horn mixes and Manny Mariquin because he also has really good low end and specifically focusing on the low end just while I'm working and doing other things and I will take note of how it sounds on that and then I'll take off my headphones and then play it on my speakers and see how those little bits and pieces that uh, of low end sound on the speakers now that I know what quote unquote good low end sounds like. So I've been going back and forth and I've been I've been really focusing on my monitoring for that and uh, I started using my headphones more to check the low end and my mix uh, and this last mix that I sent for revisions, one of the main notes that she said was, this is like revision two or three, uh, that I started doing this low end stuff. She specifically noted that the low end sounds a lot better and sounds tighter. Nice. So I feel like I feel like I feel I, I feel like it, it really is worth it taking the time to get to know how the low end translate. So I was going back and forth and listening on low volume, high volume, 
and really focusing on how that low end sounds specifically from their good mixes. And I've been trying to, I guess because I, before I didn't, I guess I just didn't exactly know what good low end sounds like. I would just hear people say it. And now I just feel like I have a better idea of what good low end sounds like. So I feel like my low end has been getting better because of that. Nice. Yeah. I feel like that's a problem that a lot of people have. So I'm really glad that you feel like you're you're improving. I mean, it's it's I like this topic because it's just like no matter what, no matter how good you are, everybody kind of goes through like phases or seasons of like focusing extra hard on specific aspects of their mix. And that kind of leads to improvement. Or even if it's just a false sense of improvement, I I don't think that it's a bad placebo, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think Damian Taylor even said, um, I forgot he was doing some mix and he was just showing an example, and then he he did this thing. He said, ah, maybe it's a placebo effect, but I think it sounds better, and then just like moved on. Yeah, because it's more yeah. about like yeah, I literally think it's like that confidence or like that ability to not have to look back and question your moves is just as valuable as like. Honestly, getting your low end right. It's, it's, so I think like feeling like you've gotten your low end right, like slowly by focusing on and working on it for a bunch of songs, you know, working on it for a season. So that's awesome. You're making improvements with your low end. Yeah. And then that's yeah, something like that everybody has. So you said your yeah. solution was headphones and. Um, headphones. And it was honestly came down to just really focusing on my monitoring. It's something I did forever ago. Um, in my way old apartment uh, in college, where wasn't even that well of sound treated room. It was a practice I did where I would listen to songs on different levels and see how they translate on those different levels and just get to know my speakers very well. Yeah, but I did that this time, very much focusing on the low end. So I did that with my speakers and my headphones and my AirPods, and just to kind of see how that translation carries. So I f- I feel like I now have a better idea of what good low end sounds like on. I have Cali LP6s on my Cali's or on my Audio Technicas. And that's important. Like you even texted me last week, this last couple weeks where you're like, can I get a playlist of songs that you think have great low end? Because you're like, I just need to reset what I think is good low end. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's good. It it is. It's hard to describe it. Yeah. it's, it's, It's a combination of like what it sounds like, but also it's almost like what it feels. Oh, definitely. Like it's a lot of what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I definitely think that that's, um, yeah, that's, that's a lot of issue that people have. It's hard to control low end and it's a lot of feeling based stuff. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like it's getting better right now. Um, and then the other thing is it's also a frequency spectrum thing, uh, that I feel like I have now overcome or like, like I'm starting to just getting over the hump of overcoming is something else that DK has pointed out in my mixes. You said it was a phase that you went through too of taking too much of like lower mids out of things and it takes away from like the fullness of it. And it's a similar thing of just listening to how that lower mid area sounds in other songs. And I think before I was just uncomfortable with that space. And so I kind of had to almost train my brain again to be like, no, no, it's okay that you're hearing that section. So that was just kind of a matter of it's almost like training yourself to use less plugins. You you have to almost you have to fight the impulse to just scoop that out. And yeah, I feel like I feel like because of those two things, like right now, my mixes are starting to improve because of that. Brayden, was there ever did you ever feel like you got your low end like just down? Like you just so good. Like no matter how shitty or good of a project they sent you, you're just gonna get the low end perfect. 
Uh, I mean, I don't feel like I ever was, I don't know. I don't feel like there's ever a point, at least for me anyway, where it would have been like, oh, no matter what they send me, like the low end is going to be perfect. Well, actually, hold on. Let me change the question because, let me change the question. I think that was a shitty question. Let me change the question. That better (laughs) suits you. You've seen a lot of mixes from a lot of different mixers. Yes. Um, What are some, try to describe uh, mixes that have great low end. What does great low end mean to you? As like, you know, as someone that's seen a lot of different mixers and a lot of different mixes. Uh, I think it's for the first thing I think is genre dependent. I think some genres, the low end doesn't matter at all, to be quite frank. It's just like a mess. Like I've done a lot of acoustic music or kind of like, uh, would you say like folksy songs and like the low end doesn't matter at all. Like that is just all about the mid range and the vocals and how they like sit together. However, uh, there is one mix engineer in particular that sends me exclusively hip hop. And uh, when we first started working together, the mixes were not great. Uh, The low end, I would say it felt, the low end just felt like really weak. Like even blasting my speakers, it felt like you couldn't feel it. So like you were saying earlier, the feel of the low end is really important. And I think it should, because everybody's been in like a loudspeaker system where you can feel the low end like rattle your chest or you feel like the vibration. Um, So I think number one, being able to feel low end. Number two, uh, low end that's like full, but not overbearing. I think sometimes when people try to make the low end full, they overdo it. Um, And so then it becomes, then it makes the whole mix sound dark and it just becomes like too over the top. Like there's, there's just too much of it. It's like you're trying to, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You're trying to swim in the shallow end of a pool and you're getting hit with 50 foot waves. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's a horrible analogy. But uh, number one, yeah. Holy shit. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting nailed with a wave. No, no, actually, actually that kind of made sense. Like in a weird way, in a weird way. And then, I don't know, for me, like, I guess it depends on what your definition of like tight is. I don't usually like to use the word tight for low end. I like to use the word punchy more often. Uh, I feel like if the low end is like, how do I say this? Uh, Like even though low end frequencies aren't directional in and of themselves, it feels like it's directional. Like it feels like it's just coming straight at you, like straight down the barrel of a gun. uh, And it's like really punches hard. So I feel like when the low end is like as good as it can be. Number one, it's not, uh, wait, what did I say number one was? I can't even remember now. Number t- number two though was it's full but not overbearing. <laughs> and then okay. uh, number three is it's punchy. So uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing I've noticed the most. Um, it's tricky. And one thing I will say, it's very easy to see low end that is like over bloated. Or I I, sh- I guess I should just say like bloated, um, and it just feels it feels like especially because I do a lot of work in headphones, it feels like all I'm hearing is low end. It's just encompassing my entire head, like there's not and there's no definition to it. I guess that's what I would say instead of like tight low end. Like I want a defined low end. Yeah, when I say tight, I mean defined as well. I think yeah. that's a better word. Yeah. So, like, I'm yeah. not talking about the attack transient of the kick. I'm talking about the release of the kick into the bass. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Like that's where that definition comes. That that definition is. It's that release, not the attack. No, well, it's also the attack too. But it's I'm I'm also thinking like yeah, the way that it pulls back. Anyway, um, cool. Yeah, those are mine. That's awesome. I'll tell you straight up. Uh, there's I'll tell you what the last thing was. My last season of focus. Um, so I think for like the last up until about a few weeks ago, I think. I was really focused on a couple things. One, um, first and foremost, um, I have always overcompressed a little bit just across the board. I, I like, I prefer that sound. I like that sound. Um, but there's been moments where I look back at portfolio mixes and I'm like, that's a little overcompressed. Um, and so like, I've been trying to utilize dynamics um, especially like unbalanced dynamics where the kick is way too loud or the snare is way too loud or something like that. Just like one element, like letting things poke out a little bit more and being okay with it. Um, just, just better use of dynamics in general and not, and that may mean not over compressing. And then the second thing, which is counterintuitive to the first thing, which is trying to maintain that level of that feeling of dynamic energy and use of energy while getting the chorus is fucking loud. Like the loudest points of the song, I was I was working on trying to hit at the quietest. I mean, during the loudest point of the song, I, I was trying to hit minus seven LUFS for like the last four to six months. Like I've been just been working really hard. There's been a couple of reasons for that, mostly due to demands of labels and uh, management. Um, and that's something that I felt like I was weak in cause I always want to leave a little bit more headroom and I always felt like, you know, I want to leave a little bit of space, but, um, uh, due to the way that culture seems to be going for the genres that I'm working on, I feel like I needed to practice getting comfortable and getting better at maintaining a sensation of dynamics while getting very loud LUFS scores. So for the last, um, so I mixed... Uh, almost all of Barely Human, uh, Barely Human's uh, EP, uh, MySpace Addiction. Uh, Bro went from 2 million Spotify monthly listeners to 6.2 million monthly listeners on Spotify in a span of like two months. All Bro's because of killing DK. it. Yeah. Bro's, <laughs> for, yeah, all because of me, sure. For the sake of this podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's 100% me, not at all due to his efforts and it's on social media, not at all. Um, well, what but is it that you're doing different to get the loudness you're talking about? So I think I'm just getting a little bit more. So what I've noticed with these speakers too, it's, it's partially learning these speakers. These speakers are like really ultra clean. They're so clean that they make ATC sound distorted, which is just like incomprehensible for anybody that understands what I just said. Um, so it's like, I first off, a lot of the distortion that I'm really attuned to, that I'm used to hearing on other speakers, is, is these speakers are so clean that when I get to that threshold of like, this is a little bit too dirty, it's actually, you can't hear it on any other systems. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's like that... The It's so easy to hear dirt distortion on these speakers because they're so clean that... um I need to get comfortable hearing it. I need to change the threshold of which I think is okay. Um, uh, do from referencing and from practice, you know. Um, second thing is uh, better use of uh, mid-range. Um, mm. not, not low end, but mid-range, I think I've been working on as well, which goes into what I've been working on for the last month or so. Um, but I feel like I did a good job. One of the songs, Blow Up, I think it was Blow Up, 
on Barely Human. You can check out his EP. Um, it's already got millions of da- streams on Spotify. And the song Blow Up, uh, that one's got one of the punchiest kick drums I've ever heard. Or like in, in a song, like I feel like that I, in that EP, I think that I made that the punchiest kick drum, punchiest low end. But the song's fucking minus four LUFS. It is, it's, it is so loud. And, and it was a lot of tweaking, practicing. And I think it was partially like my friend who does EDM, who masters his music to like zero LUFS. And I was like experimenting by trying things. I was doing like really exaggerated moves just to experiment and see how different types of distortion would affect different frequency ranges and different perceptions of dynamic. I was messing around with a lot of um, side chaining, both audible and non-audible uh, side chaining, audible, non-audible meaning like it's side chaining, but you can't hear. It's not, it's, you can't hear the side chain. So I get the effects and the headroom of side chaining without the, um, without the, uh, movement of the compressor working side chain, you know? Um, and then, uh, but more recently, more recently, I've been focusing on specific, this is super specific, hyper specific, but for the last month, I feel like I've, uh, I need to focus on and get better at uh, reutilizing one, specifically around two to two and a half K, but I'll just say between one and four K in vocals. I need to use hmm. more, add more, get comfortable with it. I have this like hypersensitivity issue where I can really hear the shit out of that range. I mean, I mean, as human beings, we're all attuned to that, but like I feel physical pain. Um, with some things and there's like na- some natural resonances in the voice and the microphone and the preamps or whatever um, in the rooms that like I should be more okay with leaving in um, because when I take it out, I just need to realize that it's like, okay, like some of these things like help the vocal sound like the vocal. So um, I feel like I was just overcorrecting a little bit too much. So now I'm trying to correct less and be okay with it, change my thresholds of what's acceptable. Again, you know, restudy through um, references and just through practice, dialing it in. Um, and I feel like I'm doing a lot better at that. And recently I've been doing a lot more, um, adding a little bit more 2.5K, specifically with um, the Kramer HLS plugin. I don't know why it happened. I don't know where I heard it. I was just like, I rarely ever use this Kramer HLS, which is um, a channel strip from waves that's emulating, I forgot what it's emulating. But anyway, I think like the default is like two or 2.5 or 2.8 or something like that in the mid range. And I just boosted it. And I did it one time and like fixed the song perfectly. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to use this a lot more often. That's specifically how I've been doing it recently. That's been working for me, but it's also hasn't worked on a couple songs. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I feel like I've been doing really good at it. Um, I just think it's also just super exciting that even at my level, I'm I'm attuned to, I'm not plateauing yet. I'm not ready to plateau. (laughs) Yeah, it keeps going up. Keeps going up. I'm not ready to plateau. I have have a question too. um, Something that you're saying about the loudness and the contrast. Um, uh, We talked about it like last month. Uh, What was the concept? It was something like, it was with that one song that you showed us that's like already super loud and gets crazy loud at the chorus. Like the government knows. Is that what it's called? Yeah, by Knower. Yeah, like the concept of like the, like, having parts be how it's like density versus like wideness or something like that density and loudness yeah 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 how like it, it already sounds loud and stuff and that's because he keeps it super dense and then it goes to like really loud and crazy 
Yeah, it's uh, a good song. It's a it's funny just a crazy song. Crazy how he does that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, great, and that's specifically like EDM or like pop type stuff where it is hyper compressed. And I think he's also just really clever and he did that a little bit on purpose because like you listen to other songs that do that well where they have like a great drop. It's not always like dense before. they just, It's light and sparse and then they just make it really loud. But he does he does it in a cool way that I think is like fairly unique. And I don't I don't know if he did it on purpose, but I mean, as an analyst, it just it just he just executed it so well. Yeah, it's crazy. DK, did you mix the songs XOXO and GMFU? I did not mix those two songs. Those were done before me. Oh. Well, that is really unfortunate. (laughs) Because, yeah, that's his biggest songs, right? Because those two songs together have over like 110 million streams. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna start talking shit like, oh, those are the only good mixes I've heard of from No, Disney. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. And like you'll notice that like all of his top ten is like different versions of those two songs, basically. Oh. But hey, that's so sped up, you... nightcore, slowed, slowed and reverbed. Did you do but Yeah, dude, uh... it was because he did so well with those songs that he was able to afford me. Did you do Your Vampire? I did. Two point eight million, baby. That song's fire. I listen to that song like regularly. Yes, sick cool beans well uh normally oh, I, hold on hold on oh, another wait. one Nat, natalie jane oh, we could learn a lot from that one actually natalie jane who's another youtuber instagrammer social media her song i'm good that i mixed with charlie on a friday is at 6.5 mil let's go that's, what's up. that's huge go. that's crazy yeah. anyway um yeah and there's something i'll tell you guys off uh off recording some cool a cool fact Ooh, give the audience just a taste just dangle it in front of them before we yeah. rip it away and end this episode no i just i just secrets. reached uh, i read i reached another career landmark oh oh i'm excited to hear okay, dk's cool. a millionaire do, 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 do. <laughs> he's finally a billionaire dude even if i was <laughs> let's say let's say do you think that i would ever announce that or flex that you would tell me. I don't me. believe in that. I I would tell you, but I would ask you to keep it private, potentially. Yeah, yeah. and then I'd immediately post on social media. <laughs> no, no, no. But there is, I will say, though, I will say, though, there's a difference between being worth, you know, having a net, like, a value of $100 million and having $100 million in cash. There's True. a difference there. Just yeah. because Jess Bezos is worth this much doesn't mean he has that money in cash. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly an equity of a company, you know? <laughs> like Yeah. It's not liquid cash. Anyway, um Well, before we start talking about yeah. things that are way out of our depth, <laughs> James, why don't you go ahead and wrap this up for us? Well, that is all for today. We hope you guys enjoyed this kind of different segment that we've had on the podcast. Just a heads up down the road, we are planning on experimenting with some other ideas. We'll still be giving clips, but we want to find other ways that we could help give y'all technical tips and help everyone in, improve their ways of mixing and mastering and becoming an overall better sound engineer. Feel free to check out DK's website at dkmixes.com. Also, feel free to check out the mixingmusicpodcast.com slash sponsors to see our sponsors that we have and ways that you could get some discounts. We have some discounts with Sweetwater. You go over there, we get a little bit of kickback from there and check out some of our other sponsors as well. We thank you all very much for listening to this. We have a great time recording these. Thank you for your support. We very much appreciate it. And without further ado, DK, sign us off. Uh, happy mixing... Boy, yeah, hold on. I got confused for a moment. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Stay saucy.
Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. 